I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! We're back with more of the Score Overnight Special, remembering Les Grobstein. Here's another classic Grobber moment on The Score. He was on a team that, and, and no, without that offense, oh, come they... come on, Les, come on. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm. You earned that one, Jack. He did Sorry. not, he didn't earn that. No, he didn't. Cutler's actually, better. Actually, I did, actually, I did. Adam, how old were you in 1985? Stop. It doesn't Adam, matter. how old oh. were you in 1985? It doesn't matter, Les. It does matter. No, it does oh. I was at every Jay single Cutler's game. Better. Oh. Jay Cutler's better. I've been at every game Cutler has played as a Bear, and I was at every game in 85. You weren't. Oh, well, I don't care. I wasn't ever. Are you talking me or Adam? Both of you. Okay. Well, I don't know who Adam is, but Adam, you're exactly right. There's no question. You're both crazy. You're oh, both uh, crazy. How can you say really? that? I just oh, did. Watch Cutler's my lips. Better. Uh, that, okay. Both of you. That's the best part of that. Who you talking to? <laughs> hey, you talking to me or Adam? I, I don't know Adam, but I agree. With him. <laughs> all the all the extra details of that just just so good. <laughs> I I don't know Adam, but like I got who are you who are you talking about me? I'm talking to both of you, <laughs> straight up. Oh man, I loved it. Like it got like with less. It there was sometimes it would just get real with him. Like there, you, there was no pushing him off. Oh, look, we all play a little radio from time to time, but sometimes Les would get locked in when he, you know, let's just call it an episode. Les would have an episode that he would be so angry as you just heard him there with, I believe, Adam Harris, one of his old overnight producers. In fact, I'm positive. I know him. That was Adam Harris that you heard in the background. So it it truly is incredible when he has those episodes, and there is just no no pushing him off of that position. All right, as we welcome you back into the Les Grobstein Memorial Show, a year ago yesterday, Les died. We we lost Les, and so um, we're fortunate enough to be able to do a, a Les tribute show until five o'clock this morning. We've had a lot of fun. You can check it out on the Odyssey app if you missed any of the hours and you'd like to go back, um, odyssey.com. And um, who do we have? Well, we had Scott Grobstein on. We had Kathy, his girlfriend, longtime girlfriend. John Greenberg was just on from The Athletic. And now that brings us to my guy Mark Potash with the Chicago Sun-Times, writes for the Bears and uh, 
certainly Potsy, you appreciated a guy like Les Grobstein. I know that. Oh, absolutely, Mark. Uh, and thanks for doing this show. I think it's great. Um, we need more overnights. That's Amen. a subtle yeah. hint. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, it's hard to believe it's been a year. And I got to tell you, I, I feel the same sense of uh, emptiness and loss now because, um, like, I think I might have told you this last year when we talked, it's just um, – kind of took less for granted and uh, you know he was a kind of guy you just always thought he would be there and now that he's not you know I, I feel his loss all the time um, and I wasn't I have to admit it was another thing that it was interesting from my perspective is that as I get older I just didn't listen as much to, to less as much because you're just older you're tired you know, I sleep more I don't, I, don't uh, sure. I can't go without sleep like uh, like I used to so I, I feel regret in that respect too and that you know, it's happened a lot uh, in our business to people who, you know, we're in our business, we know people, we work with people all the time. We, you know, we see them at games and stuff like that. And yet you really don't take the time to really spend, you know, there's certain people that are kind of on the fringes a little bit. You know, uh, you know, Chet, we lost Chet, you know, um, you know, Les, uh, you know, I know John t- uh, uh, talked about JD yep. and, uh, and John Mullen, we lost him too. So every time these ha- this happens, I say, wow. I've really got to get – I really have to strengthen some of the relationships I have. So I kind of feel regret there because as much as I feel like I knew Les really well, I don't feel like I uh, got to appreciate him uh, until he was gone. And that's, that, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of tough. So, But I don't want to bring you down. I know this really should be a celebration, but, no, uh, but that's just how I feel emotionally about it. But yeah. it's always – I tell you, it's always great just listening to the show, listening to John. So just listening to the stories – Less just uh, even when he's not here, he, he still is, is just has an uplifting presence on the score just in general. So, and even when yet you know it's funny, even he always makes you smile. Like one of the things with the Bears this year is an, Matt Eberflus's defense is the key position is the three technique. Every time I hear the three technique, I think of Less and I laugh. I mean, <laughs> yes, it just so I mean almost like every day. Um, uh-huh. you get a constant reminder of how much fun it was to have less around. But like I said, also a little melancholy because, like I said, he was one of the guys, one of those guys you thought would always be there, and now he's not, and that's, you know, that, that that's kind of that's kind of difficult. Yeah, you know, and it's a good lesson, man. Too, like what you were saying about how, you know, you you wish you were maybe closer with some of the guys that that we lost, or or like there's people in our lives who. We're we're friends with at work or whatever the case may be, and we we definitely look at we we identify a person as you know what that's somebody I'd really like to hang out with, and then you just never do it just because, especially as you said, as we get older and there are things that we need to be beholden to other than socializing. But I think that like that happens to me. Like, I'm thinking about that right now. There's a lot of people that I'm like, God, I want to hang out with that person, and then never do, and then and then we lose them, and then there's that regret. I think that that's what you're feeling, and I think that that's like, that's uh, something that I can relate to, man. Yeah, and that's I guess a lesson for younger people. I am 63, um, and so as I get older, I'm finding that more and more. Um, you know, that if having, feeling those pangs of regret when, when anybody, people I know, whether in the business or out, who pass away. And sure. so, I, you know, the lesson is, well, you know, when you're younger, you know, take advantage of whatever opportunities you have. And, um, 
and 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 it's hard to do. It, it is hard to do in this day and age, uh, especially as you get older and you have families and stuff like that. And we're all so busy. I mean, this year, not to, to go too far off track, this bear season just kind of flew by for me. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, it's just amazing how like when you work in a, especially a seasonal type uh, situation where you're working every day for like six months, man, it goes by in a hurry. So life goes by quickly, and it's really hard. I'm, you know, I, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, I'm thinking of people. Well, I really need to get into. I, I should. I could spend like a week just, you know, kind of uh, reconnecting with people that I really feel like I need to. So, um, again, you know, but that, you know, that's. I guess that's just a, a part of life. But you know, less was a, you know. a a big part of that, so it's it's tough to to not have her, especially with such such. A, you talk about a unique personality, but and also a unique show. Literally, his shoes can't be filled. That's it's so true, man. And, and I was thinking too. I'm listening to the the promo coming in where Les is admonishing those that would dare think that um, you know McMahon is better than Cutler or vice versa. And then then I'm thinking to myself, well. You know what? Now that we've had a little time that's passed and we're not in the midst of the Cutler rush, who was a better quarterback? Was less does does less get more points now? Like I'm sure Cutler was a better pure quarterback than Jim McMahon, but when you put everything together, aren't there a few more points in favor of McMahon now that we've cooled from the Cutler era? Yeah, Mark, I was rolling my eyes as uh, as I heard that uh, conversation, uh, that intro, uh, because th- those are polar opposites of what I'm looking for in a quarterback. Jay Cutler was the kind of guy who will totally tease you, totally fool you. He'll make some great plays, and and then and you'll think he's good, but you'll think he's much better than he is. And uh, but he's not, but he's just doesn't have the it factor or whatever you want to call it that uh, that a guy like Jim McMahon did Jim McMahon lifted every single guy on that on uh, on that team the moment he stepped on the on the field I think it was Ron Wolf talking about Brett Favre I remember asked talking when I was doing some stories on the on the, in the early years of the Packers rise and he said you know how'd you how'd you how'd you what'd you how'd you find Favre he traded for him from Atlanta he said, I just felt like when he stepped on the field, he tilted the field in your way. And McMahon, to a little lesser degree, was the same way for the Bears. And so that's what you want in a quarterback. So, yeah, I would be, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot, lot like less in, uh, in that situation where I, I have no finesse. And, and I would be arguing the same way Les was with, with those callers because, to me, there's just no question. I understand why people think, and rightfully, that Jay Cutler obviously – Better arm talent, whatever, but and like numbers. I, said, I mean, and numbers. That's what people are looking at. Oh, and, you yeah, know. and production-wise, but a lot. You know, I mean, Jim McMahon has a number in his favor too. He's like forty-seven and nine when he's a starter or something oh, like yeah. that. And, and he, and he and, wasn't. Uh, he was a really good, accurate. He was a winner. And yeah. he was a winner. And I don't mean to disparage Cutler, but a lot of times he's like. He was one of those guys who was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like he would have a bad defense, or like he came to the Bears and 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 Brian Urlacher got injured and was out for the year. He had many different. He had always had a different coordinator. Well, sometimes that, a lot of times that was his fault because he didn't suffer fools gladly, and so he so he he would not he could he had a he just had trouble relating to people. So I mean, a lot of these things were his fault. A lot of things were not his fault, like how bad the defenses were. Even in the one year in in uh, Denver, they lost the last three games of the year. Um uh, they were 8 and 5 and leading the division. They lost the last three games and missed the playoffs in the I think it was 08. Mhm. And and uh the defense was 
gave up like 40 points a game or something. Can't remember. But they were always in the wrong place at the wrong time. And um, and Jim and and Jim McMahon, I think, except for the injury situation, was not was the opposite of that. He, he like I said, he, uh, it, you know, that's one of those one of those Chicago sports kind of things is if only um, Jim McMahon was able to stay healthy, the Bears would have probably won another Super Bowl and at least gotten to another one. You know what I'm saying? It would have been much better uh, than it was. That was the key to the whole thing uh, was Jim McMahon. So anyway, to answer your question, I'll be honest, it's ludicrous to think that Jim McMahon, I mean that Jay Cutler was a better quarterback than than Jim McMahon, um, uh, you know, for the reasons I stated. Yeah, no, I I do agree with you, man. And it, it, now you're making me – we're going down a little wormhole here, but that's the beauty of you and I talking, man. This is what we do in person, and damn it, that's what we're going to do on the radio. you talking about, like, Jay Cutler being in the wrong place at the wrong time, surrounded by the wrong defense with, with Denver. Did the Broncos ultimately fleece the Bears in that trade? Wow, I'd have to think about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, the Bears. You know, the Bears did get something out of it. I mean, Jay Cutler did get them to the NFC Championship game, and he and he True. was good. He, he kind of gave them. You know, they they would have been wor- in a lot of ways. They would have been worse without him. So it wasn't it wasn't that. But I don't think they made out that great with the draft picks. And and uh, Kyle Orton, I think they won them with the first six games with Orton. Yeah. But then they didn't make the playoffs that year either. <laughs> Right, so um, like his career with the Bears. So it's the same. So it's the same thing. So it was one of those things where, like, um, almost like neither team won. It's almost like the the Forty ers and the Bears with the Trubisky trade. Um, I'm trying to think um, exactly how that. I, I see. We need less here. He would have. He would have every <laughs> single, every single stat and number yeah. and and player. Oh, but yeah. again, that's another thing that when you look at it, you know, almost like no winner. So. Um, so yeah, I don't know who won. I don't know who you would say would won. I mean, it certainly helped the Bears, but it also kind of hurt the Bears a little bit, and that kind of relates to something I've been saying this season is that I think the Bears are better off with where Justin Fields is now. I'm more optimistic about the Bears' quarterback situation at this point now than I was at almost any point in the Cutler era, because Cutler kind of fooled you. He let you. He would. He would uh, lead you to think that you really had something here, and and unfortunately because of a lot of intangibles that he did not have in my opinion uh he would he would they he would ultimately hold you back and i'm talking about just you know his lack of concentration and key moments he'd always make a bad, bad mistake uh he just couldn't you know he just couldn't be he couldn't be consistent he you know he struggled to to really have a good relationship with his offensive coordinators. You know he's 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 shoving Jamarcus Webb and he's running away from yeah. uh, from Mike Tice and he's telling Mike sure. Martz to go bleep, bleep off you. and yeah. and and all, he had all these kinds of issues that kind of um, uh, kind of nullified uh, um, you know all the physical things. So in a way, uh, Cutler ra- uh, helped the Bears and in another way he hurt them because he kept convinced. You know they kept getting. You know they got. They, the, I mean, they hired Tressman because they had Cutler. I mean, you know, they had Adam yeah. Gase because of Cutler, and, yeah. and so, and so, so, so it's kind of it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think uh, it's a two-sided thing where, yeah, you can say Cutler. I mean, obviously, look at his numbers. He's like statistically the you know best Bears quarterback of all time, you know, uh, as far as yardage and stuff like that, touchdowns. But, but I think I, I just think in general he's a guy who. Um, uh, who probably I think might have been better off playing another position. I think he, you know, I think he would have been a really good NFL safety. 
Um, he was a real good athlete. In fact, when he was at uh, when he was at Vanderbilt, um, his freshman year, they actually worked. They actually played him in practice for one week at safety, um, just to see what they had. And it did, and it, nothing came of it. But it just shows you how much doubt there was about him as a quarterback. I mean, if he was as good as he should have been, there wouldn't, nobody would have played him at safety. But yeah. Um, yeah. but Cutler was always an interesting guy. He was a guy, you know, a big guy at a small school in Indiana. But yet, only like two schools recruited him as a quarterback. Everybody wanted him to play defense. That's and, crazy. Um, and I think Ron Turner was one of the guys at Illinois who I think even offered him, and even that fell wow. through. There, you know, there was an issue with that. So people knew that. Uh, that um, there was something missing there. And, you know, again, not to disparage it, but, I mean, that's just what I saw uh, from covering him and stuff like that, that there was some, you know, that, that um, and you see it in quarterbacks who are really talented. You know, he's kind of a poor man's Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers had struggled, too, put up big numbers, come up, and then yeah. in key moments would falter. I think Herbert is actually, he's got a lot of Philip Rivers and Jay Cutler in him of being in the wrong place at the wrong time for huh. a guy that everybody, all the, all the film guys love him. I mean, yeah. they love him. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm dubious about uh, Justin Herbert. Not that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a flop or whatever, but he seems like the kind of guy who is always in the wrong place at the wrong time and will make a great throw that you will just think that nobody else in the world can do, that not even like guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes could do it. They fall in love with him. But, boy, it's just weird how, like, you know, and then, like, that one game where he was, like, he had a tor- terrible bad shoulder or something, and he was great, and then at the end, boom, makes the mistake. So he's kind of you know like that, too. You, you know who's sort of like that? You know who I'm thinking of when you say that? Brett Favre. Yeah, but Brett Favre, well, no, I, I Brett, but Brett Favre won a Super Bowl. Brett Favre, Brett Favre would, here's the difference. Brett Favre would make those stupid mistakes in the beginning of the game, too. Okay. Or, you okay. know what I'm saying? He yeah. wouldn't make him at the end, uh, you know. Okay. And also, he got more out of like he was a gunslinger and he paid the price for it. But he got more benefit out of it. I would not put that put Brett Favre in their class, uh, as far as that kind of thing, because I think Brett Favre was a winner. I think he had that that like I said that it factor or whatever and made people better. So I really wouldn't include him. But I guess my general point is not to just, you know it's like some guys can pitch the eighth inning, some guys can pitch the ninth inning. Yeah. It yeah. says nothing. There's nothing wrong with the guy who can only pitch the eighth inning. It's just some people are uh, some people are able to focus in clutch moments. I always tell the story. Probably told you when I'm covering the '92. We're really getting off track here. Um, oh, don't worry, I'm, man. I'm, I'm covering the '92 uh, Bulls uh, NBA Finals, and it's Game Six against the Trailblazers. And I, those were when yeah, the media, we were even even the fringe media like myself, we were on the floor, so we'd really good vantage point. So the Bears, I mean, the Bulls fall behind, and then Bobby Hansen and 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 Stacy King and all uh-huh. that that backup group gets them back in the game yeah. even to the point where there was a point where you would have put Jordan and Pippen back in but Phil Jackson kept them in there because yeah. they were playing so well together so then finally at the very end now you get the guys to put the hammer down and there was a shot you'll have to look at the game itself there was a one point where I think Jordan takes a shot at the elbow and I just happened to be at the right angle where I could just look at right into his eyes, and oh, you could wow. just see the proverbial oh. daggers. The oh, guy wow. just had, and and he hit this key shot that just that that totally it, it was a dagger. It was a clincher. And what you could, my point is, you could see that this was a guy who could, you know, he missed, he he go, he shoot nine for twenty five some days. Sure, but, you know something in clutch moments. Some guys can, some guys can focus in early in the game. Some guys can focus late in the game. 
uh, uh, Jordan was the ultimate in being able to focus at the end of the game. And so what I'm saying is there's no shame in not being able to do that. If you can only pitch the guy, I never fault the guys who can only pitch the eighth inning and not the ninth because, you know, some guys have it and some guys don't. But the point is, and going back to the quarterbacks, is that, you know, there's a lot of intangibles with quarterbacks. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's got the it factor. I think yesterday mm-hmm. yesterday was a great example, yeah. or Sunday, whatever, was a great example of a guy not playing at his best. But you know something? Things always seem to happen for him, including the other team playing stupid and and, and, <laughs> yes. and the quarterback yes. trying to leap over the line when he's at the two-yard line uh-huh. and a fumble ha- somehow guys some guys just have it and yeah. and and if it would have come to, and if it would have you know if they would have scored and it would have come and Joe Burrow would have needed to play his best in that final drive in the fourth quarter I think he his history is that he would have done it because he's got an ability you saw it at LSU he's got an ability to focus in key moments he's got it you got and it. So, yeah. so, so anyway, I can't remember. We were talking about Cutler, I think it was. But I guess well, the point yeah, is, yeah, the general point Herbert is, yeah. S- yeah, some guy, some guys, uh, some guys have it, and some guys don't. Now, some guys are just lucky. Like Patrick Mahomes has like uh, the, the bonus of not ha- not only having it, but going to the perfect team for him. It's like Marino in '83 when he went. You know, he was the last quarterback drafted, but he was the luckiest because he went to a Super Bowl team. And the same thing with Mahomes. He went to the he he, he was he well he was the second quarterback in the draft, but he went to the perfect team, the perfect coach. Would he be the same quarterback on the if he were drafted by the Bears if they took him number three? <laughs> Or knows? number two, who knows? I have he'd no be idea. better. He'd be better than what they had. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a lot of it. So I guess what I'm saying is, a lot of it is circumstantial. Sure, but a lot sure. of it is intangibles, and just having what it takes to not only make yourself better in in key moments, but to uh, but to to just make other players uh, better as well. And so uh, that I think that's I think that's really the differentiation between a guy like Cutler, going back to the very original point, a guy like Cutler and a guy like uh, McMahon. And but by the way, first of all, man, that that the the story that you told about seeing MJ's eyes in '92, yeah, that, it was just a perfect angle. It was just a, like a, mo- a snapshot oh, in time. That's great stuff. I mean, that it just is, told it. Just it's you know it's you can't quantify it, but I experienced it, and you saw. This is why Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Not because he's well, he is so much better than everybody, but just because he had that ability to focus when it mattered most, and that's a key thing in any of you know in, in all these professional sports. Why some guys can do that and some guys can't, and I know that because I'm not that in what anything <laughs> I do. I am a total choke artist. So I have an appreciation for that. I mean, I'm there's certain things I'm good at, but not in the clutch. I just cannot okay. focus. I can't. You know, it's like I can write, but I can't be on TV because they. It's always you got to be. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be able to think on your feet, and I just can't do it. I can't. I just, I'm too easily distracted, You're and hilarious. so uh, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't be good at that. So I guess what I'm saying is, I that's from personal experience. I know how important that is because I can't do it. Yeah, no, I probably, I think I'm too disorganized to, have, to be the daggers. Like I, I'm definitely, I'm more of a Brian Scalabrini, really. I, I'm just put me in when the pressure is well off, and I'll be just fine in one of your games. Um, well, what's funny? What's funny about that is like, I, like one thing I do well. Is I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a competitive bowler, but I'm a total choke artist. I mean, I just cannot focus, and I, I totally outthink myself. But there are still times where I come through. 
and strike out in the 10th frame or whatever. But it's not because of mental toughness. It's just because I'm good at it. So that's another kind of lesson. Is sometimes you'll see a guy who has a reputation, and then he'll win a game late, and people think, oh, see, now he's got mental toughness. No. Some guys are just so good at things that they can – you know, like Cutler had some – Cutler had a couple games early in whatever year it was. I think it was against the Bengals and the Vikings where he had like a fourth-quarter touchdown pass or something like that. I mean, sometimes guys are just so good they can just – they can do it even in a tough moment. Just because you're – just because you don't have mental toughness doesn't mean you, like, choke every time. Right. So right. That, that also makes it confusing because it's not absolute one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Cutler was is everybody was just hoping that his talent would overpower everything, and it, including And Cutler. it could. And it, for some guys, it could. Like, if you put him on a really on a, on a really good team, like, you know, a team with a great defense, he would have won a Super Bowl. Really? But, yeah, oh, yeah, if you put Cutler on a, on a, good, on a team with a really good defense and a good running game, just had, I mean, everything, he had to have the win totally at his back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he definitely he was he was had great talent. I mean, and he and he was competitive, and he had a lot of good qualities as a quarterback. But just I think be, being focused in clutch moments and being consistent, you know, uh, yeah. were just not two of them. Well, we we were talking about that the other day. You, me, and, and Joniak were talking about the there was a lot of offensive talent surrounding him when they had Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett. I mean, they had some big-time – I'm probably missing somebody, but that, there were some big-time weapons on those teams. Yeah, but the defense was bad. There was always something. I, I've written that about ten times with Cutler. It's all, There's always something. Something always happens. Right, right. The, the Bears were in great shape. You know, and sometimes it's just bad luck. Like, the Bears were in great shape, and I can't remember what year it was. Uh, they all run together. But they were 7 They had, they were seven and 3. They were beating the Chargers, ironically, our, our friend uh, 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 Rivers. Um, yeah, Philip. And Philip Rivers. And, and uh, they, at the time, I think that was the year that the, that the, that the, that the Packers were 15-1. and one. And uh, at the time they were undefeated, and they were, and the, but the Bears were hot, and they had won like five in a row. They were seven and three. They were looking like the best chance to up uh, to up upend the Packers in the playoffs, and uh, it was at the end of the Chargers game, and Johnny Knox slips on that turf at Soldier Field, turf monster. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. he slips. The ball is inter- not only is the ball intercepted, but Jay Cutler breaks his thumb. Not even oh, tackling, just going after the right. interceptor. That's and right. So, and and then the Bears lost like their next five games. They went to Caleb Haney. Caleb Haney, who looked like he was going to be good, I thought he was going to be good, but was so bad he actually got replaced by I think Josh McCown in the last <laughs> game. I can't remember. But yeah. anyway, that was a sign yeah. that that just told you what bad luck the Cutler had. Even when things were going his way, the Bears were looking great. He was playing well. Some somebody slips and it works out, you know, and it just went bad for him. Yeah, so it's just that's it's an, it's an interesting. You know, some guys have all the luck. Look at Jay Cutler. That's a very. It, that's not one I'd really ever thought of, but it, it it is true. I mean, you've laid it out very well from his days at Vanderbilt and then with Denver and then obviously with the Bears. A lot of it's on him, like trying to throw into triple coverage like he did, but you're right. He, it took him a while to be – I mean, I remember when he was here for a while before they got Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. The whole thing was this guy needs somebody who is taller than Devin Hester, and, uh, and then it was, was – Brandon Aroma should do who everybody was like this is the guy because he's six foot two so yes there was a t- and, and the offensive lines tended to suck around Cutler 
They were, yeah, they were. Well, the one year um, was the one year that uh, I think was Kyle Long's rookie year when they all played all 16 games. And that was the year that the Bears were second in the NFL in total points. Um, be, what was know, the year but, where he got sacked nine times in the first half against the Giants? <laughs> oh, against the Giants, yeah. That was not, uh, I don't think that was uh, 2013, but uh, but that was not as good. But, the, you know, yeah, I mean, that was, again was part of it. it. There was always something. He At one point, didn't have the receivers. Then he didn't have the off, the offensive line, didn't have the defense, you know. Just always needed everything going his way and never could get it. So that's why that's why he didn't win any bigger, you know, than he did. So, you know, that's you know, that's kind of the Bears. Uh, that's kind of the Bears. The Bears' fate because uh, Jay Cutler, like you know, just like Brandon Marshall. You know, it's interesting that uh, Ryan Pohl said the other day. You know, do you need a number one? Well, you know, it'd be nice to have one, but I don't feel I have to have one. You know, you can win with without one. And that was kind of the way that Jerry Angelo, Jerry Angelo was very resistant. That was a big, if you remember, that was a big cry in the, in, in at the, uh, in the, in the Lovey Smith era. It was, a, it was that the Bears needed some big number one, you know, uh, uh, receiver. And Jerry yeah. Angelo resisted that. Well, when Jerry Angelo was fired and Phil Emery came in, like the first thing he did was he traded for Brandon Marshall and he was hailed as a genius. I mean, it was just as, you know, it was a glorious thing. He finally got the Bears, the player they needed. But look what happened. He was really productive, but ultimately kind of destructive, kind of self-destructive. Yeah, and, totally. and, a ba- and a tough guy to have, I won't say a bad guy, but a tough guy just could, you know, wasn't good for your locker room. Too many distractions. No. And so, so I guess my, point, my original point on this was that even when the Bears get the guy they really need badly, which was the quarterback in Cutler, the wide receiver in Brandon Marshall, Unfortunately, those are guys that it's really tough to win with. I guess that's the best way of yeah. putting it. And you know, Brandon Marshall, believe it or not, he's going to be one of the few Hall of Famers never was in the playoffs. That's unbelievable. And, so, and just you know, and, and all, and and you look at the record of how many times they had a chance, just near misses and stuff, and you wonder why are these guys always in the wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah, that's another you know? guy. But, well, so, well, but, some guys are, I guess. So it's yeah, so it's. I guess that's 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 part of the Bears' plight, right? Is uh, even when they get uh, you know the guy they want, it, it, something always seems to go wrong. So that's what they're trying to you know trying to pull themselves out of yet again. Is uh, is uh, you know after. Well, let's go there. Game. Let's go there. Let's go to to Justin Fields. And here's what I'll say, and I want to get your response to it. The the Bears' brass is getting closer to saying that Justin Fields is their guy, no doubt about it, but they're still not quite there because, duh, they're seeing what the rest of the world is seeing is that he's not a complete product yet. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate, but I just think they're, they're kind of pot committed at this point um, uh, because of, you know, what they have and because uh, unless – Unless, if you're referring to like the draft or whatever, I mean, I don't. They're not going to draft a quarter. I don't think they are. I don't um, think so either. Yeah. Un- unless there's so, you know, I guess I, you know, I almost have to take that back because if you would have told me that, let's say this was 2017, and uh, what if they would have fallen in love with with uh, Patrick Mahomes and made him the number one pick? Well, on paper, Patrick Mahomes was no more revered than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or any of these guys. I mean, I, I covered those drafts. I remember that. And nobody, you know, they, they thought saw potential, but no more potential than these other guys. So if Ryan Poles thinks one of these guys is that good, 
you know, it will get it will probably get panned if it happens, but it wouldn't I guess I have to admit it wouldn't be that surprising because if you just apply it to 2017 and somebody would have taken Mahomes, look what you would have had, you know, assuming the Bears could have assuming Mahomes wouldn't have been a total flop with the Bears, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to Right. Right. These guys are know. modular. You you can't you, you don't know, but I'm based based on what I've seen, I think he would have still been the best quarterback in that draft. Even with the Bears, I think I don't know. So anyway, I, I don't know. I've kind of contradicted myself, I guess. I think it would. I don't think there's a quarterback on paper right now who would be so far above what you what you potentially have in Fields that you would do that. And plus, the draft hall you're going to get, I think, just uh, and that's just thinking it out. You know, almost you know, just trying to figure it out. It, it just seems like with at least one or two teams. You know, needing a quarterback and and Houston not having the number one pick anymore, I think that draft hall is going to be pretty enticing too. And with the team that needs as much help, it just makes sense that staying, you know, is is, is staying with Fields and seeing what you can get there uh, is is the better option. But that said, I will say I agree. I, you know, there's he's he's uh, there's he's no sure thing, and uh, he shows a lot of uh, frankly a lot of uh, flaws that. Um, uh, I, I think I can't remember. How, I think I said it. It's not just. It's not just a matter of time. It's like it's like when you saw Herbert last year. He was so good. You know, it's just a matter of time before he really became really good. But I, it's not a matter of time. He actually has to get better at a lot of things. And <laughs> Fields, yeah. I'm talking about. So so don't, there's nothing for sure. But the Bears are like I said, pot committed. They gotta. I think they have to go. Uh, you know, go with what they've got because they just have so many other holes, and and because fields if fields can can uh, develop into a good passing quarterback, then you've got gold. I think that he has to. I mean, like the the evidence. Like I'm just looking at the quarterback numbers from all these playoff games. We saw what Dak Pres- uh, Prescott did uh, last night. Maybe his best game ever. 305 yards and four touchdowns. Um, by the way, Brady threw the ball 66 times last night. But Brock Purdy, where the hell did he come from? He had 332 yards and three TDs for San Fran. Trevor Lawrence, 288, four TDs. He actually had four picks as well. Josh Allen, 352 and three TDs. Um, Daniel Jones, 301 yards passing and two TDs. He also had 78 yards running. Joe Burrow, who we talked about, had just 209, but we know the game that he played and how clutch he was. So, in other words, I mean, this is just a little sampling, you know, right here that I'm doing in real time. You still got to be able to throw the ball a lot to win in the NFL. That's obvious. And it's it's the it's the same question we had at the beginning of the year when the question was, have you given him enough support, you know, to see exactly what you got? And they didn't. They as it turned out, they didn't. But we still don't know. Chicken or the egg is uh, is the passing game bad because of the quarterback or? Is the quarterback bad because they just have, don't have the receivers, the offensive line, whatever? Right. No And, and it, knows. it's just it's just hard to tell. Um, I'd lean more towards it being the supporting cast. I think you give him a better one, but still, he hasn't shown that uh, he's got what I call. I know people don't like this. Like, he doesn't have the it factor. He hasn't shown. I'm not saying he doesn't have it. He hasn't shown the it factor where you make players better. I mean, who in this offense was better than they should have been? Cole Komet, um, Cole Komet had better numbers, but that was a natural advancement from a second to a third year player. I mean, I'd probably, Darnell I probably Mooney's numbers were that. down. Yep, uh, yep. All these guys, you know, St. Brown, Nikhil Harry, none of these guys, you know, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Pettis and um, Pringle, none of them were. You know, he didn't make anybody right. better than they were. You're so right. So I'm not right. trying to. What's that? 
No, you're right. Go on. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm not trying to denigrate him. I'm just saying, in in object, all, all objectivity, he just I can't say he's shown a, an, an intangible that I look for in a quarterback, and that's an ability to make other players better, to raise your game at, in, in the clutch, and make and and kind of almost will guys to make the catches, you know, to to make plays, which is what right. good quarterbacks frankly do. I know you can't quantify it, but um, but that's but that's what happens. But that doesn't mean he can't develop that. I'm just saying if it, you know, it goes back to what we always talked about with Cutler was the instinct thing. How how much instinct does does Justin Fields actually have? I'm talking about instinct for the position. Right, right. I, I'll be honest, I don't know at this point in time. No, and that doesn't right. mean you can't doesn't mean you have to have that to be good or even win a Super Bowl. You can win without it, but um, that often with all these quote-unquote elite guys is what makes them and I can't say that I've seen that from him. But again, the offense has to evolve and and uh, has to has to be better in year two than it was in year one. So, feels that it deserves to at least get that and, and see what happen and see what happens. So because now that's the one thing is he's still got a better starting point than they ever had with Trubisky. You know, just because the big plays he can make and the fear he can he strikes in an opposition. Uh, with his running game, which yeah. uh, Trubisky, Trubisky was a good runner at his best, even at his best, he he never struck fear. He never forced you to change your game plan, True. which is what uh, which is what Fields does. It's a great starting point if they get this uh, passing offense in gear next year. So we'll see. But I think it's uh, like I said, it's a it's a better it's a even though you can't you know they won three games. To me, it's a much better starting point. Uh, than they've had in previous years with Trubisky and in most years with Cutler, except some of the early ones. Do you ever remember anything like this season where the Bears had a devastating 10-game losing streak? That's really bad. And because Wasn't of Wasn't that what... devastating to me? I know. I know. It didn't feel I'm not like... saying I was rooting for them to lose or it was I'm better for saying, them to lose. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying objectively, when you hear a team, an NFL team, has a 10-game losing streak, that's about as bad as, and putrid and awful as it gets. But it did not feel that way. I didn't feel that way. You just said you didn't feel that way. So I'm asking you, has there ever been a season even close to being like that? The Bears have you know, six-game losing streaks the previous two years, and we go nuts. Yeah, oh, you know, it's, uh, I, I say I said this was one of the best bad seasons the Bears have ever had, have had in a, in a long time or since since it's the so, end of the Ditka era. So true. because there was at least a purpose to it, and you didn't try to lose. And, and, and in some respects, they were worse. Their their passing game was worse than it should have been. Their defense was worse than it should have been. Those are things that could be red end up being red flags, um, uh, it, you know, down the road. But. Um, you know, in 2012, the Bears were like seven and one and lost. It looked like five out of six. Or, you know, they I don't know, they ended up going ten and six. That was a worse last second half of the season than this was because that was the end of the of the uh, of the Lovey era. They were on the, the the arrow was pointing down, and now the arrow is a little bit tilted up, but at least it's mm-hmm. not down. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this was a very bearable year for me. No pun intended. Uh, because uh, at least you know the reason why it was it's kind of so weird is because they it was the cleanest rebuild they've ever had. Nobody's ever True. totally torn it down like this. It's, it's because exact. even 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 though Pace had a tear down in his first year, he still had Cutler, 
and you still had that kind of that thing that's kind of in the way. And that's what I was talking about before. How that kind of got you to think. Whenever you have a guy like Cutler, you always think you can be a winner. Well, they even with Justin Fields, they didn't they didn't expect to win you know more than seven or eight games, and they ended up winning three. Um, so yeah, so to, I guess uh, to answer your question, if there was one, was that I just don't think this was. I think this was in in context. This was not as bad as ten yeah. games in a row, three and fourteen would look because it uh, you know wasn't what you wanted. But when you're when you're built to win six and you win three, I don't think it's that disastrous. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It just—it's the weirdest thing I've. I, mean, I don't ever... know if I'm right to tell you the truth. I know there's uh, another I... side of that argument, but that's just the way I saw it. I mean, this yeah. next year, like I've always said, Mark, 2020—the clock starts on Eberflus and Poles in 2023. Oh, and <clears throat> we are the league year starts on the the 15th of March. Oh, yeah. And uh, technically, officially, that's when it is. But basically, it's right now. Now yeah. is when the clock starts. Yeah, so I, who, it, yeah, five games into the season this year, you won't not hear the defensive coordinator's name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, Al, right. Al Williams got away with a lot this year. If the right. defense no, sticks, the questions will be in, a lot tougher uh, yes. next year. They, they, you know, they need to be. Uh, they need to win these close games. Uh, the quarterback has to has to take a, a significant step. The offense has to take a significant step. And um, you know they've got to win eight or nine games to to avoid uh, a lot of skepticism about where the the direction they're heading. It happens. It's probably maybe it's unfair in the big context of building a football team, but that's where we are today. Where you know year two, especially when you've made year one so purposely bad, uh, yeah. year two yeah. needs to show some. Oh yeah, needs to show a lot more progress. Yeah. So now one, yeah. um, they had it. They had an easy year. The questions will be, and I can for sure. I can tell you the questions will be a lot tougher if they don't make a lot of progress um, uh, in 2023. Bears fans are like, you get one year. We're gonna, we're not gonna watch everything you do this one year, but next year it's on. And Potsy, thanks so much, man. We'll see you out at. I assume you'll be out at the the press conference later on today for the new president and CEO of the Bears, Kevin Warren, at noon today, brother. Yeah, right? absolutely, I will. I'm looking forward to that. All right, Potsy, thanks for coming on. I okay, really, Mark, yeah, thanks again for doing this yeah, show. Yeah, I yes. really appreciate it as a as a listener and as your friend. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Same, man. And it, I, I know that uh, it is tough to be up this late, but you're you're a trooper, and I appreciate it. And we'll talk nah, to you it's soon. like old the old days when I actually got to listen to less. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been exactly. a good thing for me to, to do this. So I appreciate oh, good. it. good. Awesome, man. Thanks, Mark. I'll talk to you All soon. All right, Mark. Man. Talk to you later. Yep, yep. And, yeah, okay, the Bears bye. will uh, introduce the their new president and CEO, Kevin Warren, today um, at noon. And uh, we'll be carrying the press conference live right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And I am being told that Kevin Warren, the Bears' new president and CEO, will be on the score live, 1 o'clock, on the Bernstein and Holmes show. So, man, that's going to be great to just get to see what this guy, Kevin Warren, is all about and what he will be overseeing other than a new stadium, how much power he will have, how much influence will he have when it comes to Ryan Poles. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There are a lot of good questions for Kevin Warren. And I, I want to get to some of your calls here. And I, for people waiting, I appreciate you doing that. A lot of good text messages, too, as we honor the the life of Les Grobstein. We lost Les um, a year ago yesterday, and we have the opportunity until 5 o'clock this morning to share stories of Les Grobstein or just talk about sports the way Les Grobstein would. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We're back with more of the Score Overnight Special, Remembering Les Grobstein. Here's another classic Grobber moment on the score. Also, uh, the other night, Les gave us, you know, I don't throw this around too often, but a uh, potential runner-up for quarter of the year. Here you go. I don't care about the Miami Heat's history. The hell with them. And the horse that rode in on them. <laughs> Oh, Chris Tannehill, you spent too much time on nights. <laughs> I got to thank my tipsters for that. That's mining gold on that one, though. I don't care about the Miami Heat's history. The hell with them. And the horse that rode in on them. Ah, classic grabber. Good stuff. 312-644-6767. Let's go back to the phones and... I do apologize for, man, Allison. Is this Allison? It sure is, Mark. How are you? I am doing really well, Allison. Thanks for waiting. I appreciate you doing that. What is on your mind about our buddy Les Grobstein? Well, I tell you, Kathy has been keeping me awake all night. Uh, it's been quite a, it's been quite a great show, and um, it. The thing that's so funny um, with Les is no one has mentioned yet tonight about his mentorship. Now, you have to understand that Les and I went, 
go back, uh, let's see, 1988 was the year that I met Les. Understand I was like five years old. No, I wasn't. Um, I was actually um, doing a, um, a special Olympics uh, charity broadcast and asked him to do it because, you know, he was everywhere. And a year later, I got an internship with WBEZ, and I was in the press box um, and Les was virtually the only other person that I knew in the press box. And the thing that was so important about him was that um, he was he was like a tiger when it when it came to protecting me. Uh, you know, I, I was I, I was one of very few people in there. I mean, we had Cheryl raced out, who uh-huh. I know you know, yeah, and yeah. we had Cheryl. Um, Cheryl preceded me by a few years. Um, there was Carrie Muscat, uh, who was the great reporter from uh, UPI and MLB.com. Um, there were a handful of, of uh, people from TV, maybe like a couple of them. Um, and so we women were very few in those days. And, and the thing that was great about Les was that he uh, he really took me under his wing and kept me there for uh for as long as I've been bouncing in and out of this crazy career and uh he would he would uh come up recommend me for jobs you were talking about a story by the way that I was actually in the room where it happened the one with Bob Glass and Tony Larusa Oh my God! You heard that? I, you heard it earlier. That was so great. I was. Oh, I'm a. You know, I. Uh, 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 you know, Mark. You know that uh, that uh, I am. Uh, I, I am uh, also a gro- a Grody fan. You know that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so I mean, you've been a you've been a good friend when we've uh, met up at Bears games and things like that, and so I've I've appreciated that. But um, I was in the room when uh, when Tony Larusa exploded, and Les and I actually were the only two individuals who had um, tape recorders, and it was a real small press conference. It was a real small room. Uh, you know the the um, the Sox weren't that good that year, and so um, uh, so it, it was long just not of interest uh, at that point. And I remember cowering behind Les and just going, "Okay, Mike's out. I'm not getting involved in this. I'm not going to try to ask a question. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to let the tape recorder." Uh, put that on. And I remember George Hoffman saying to me the next day, wow, that tape has been everywhere. This, uh, And I'm like, damn, I wish I could have gotten paid for that. But the <laughs> thing was, <laughs> but the thing was that um, Les continued to mentor uh, me throughout my career. He recommended me for blogs. He recommended me for uh, coming on uh, uh, at the station down the dial uh, yes. for doing 
sports work with him, sparred with him on a regular basis, but <laughs> <laughs> loudly. And, and but but the thing was that there was no denying that um, he was he was a very proud mentor to so many people in this business and who were uh, you know he was a good quarterback that made everybody better around him. It, that's that's I, such a good that's such a good reminder that, about that that it, although we're having fun and all there's so many great less stories and I certainly have carried on the caricature of less it's a great reminder that he was a, a a mentor as you said to a lot of people in the business just like yourself yeah and uh, it, and the thing was that he was never afraid of of um being uh generous with his time with his talent with his recommendations and also gentle suggestions on how to do it better i remember him yelling at me um one day when he thought i'd asked a really stupid question of vinnie Uh-oh. del negro okay. do you rem- yeah. Oh, he, he's like, you should never ask a question that way. Never. You know, you're exactly. <laughs> what did you do? What was the what? Do you remember what the the critique was specifically? I'm wondering what I don't know. Less is I, I, I know his style, but I don't know what he doesn't like. Well, what he what he didn't like was that I meandered on the question and um and so I, he and he's like, you got to make it snappy. You got to make it, got to make it better. He, he goes, you know, you just have to be so much sharper. Oh, that's <laughs> And you work. I mean, you know, yeah. And so I would get these critiques every now and again. And um, uh, but it was all really helpful. And uh, I couldn't dispute what he was saying unfortunately i hated it when he was right but (laughs) ultimately ultimately it made me a better broadcaster and it certainly uh has stood me well wherever i've been public speaking and uh, to really think about and and be thoughtful about what it is that we all want to say so um and I, I can only imagine how many other people uh, got that same kind of lesson out there. Yeah, yeah, got a, got a lesson. And uh, you like I was talking about with Greenberg earlier, John Greenberg, he, on top yeah. of all of that, his, you know, whatever technical expertise he had in terms of how, how to do a sports report or all the different things he did, he was a spectacular character and a great personality and pretty much one of one, I think. I mean, there's, I really don't know the comp to Grobber. I really don't. Yeah, it was, uh, he was amazing. I have, I have a, one other story that, and I, I can tell that he's watching over all of us and, uh, and probably me because um, I, I do a lot of freelance work. Um, and, you know, writing of all kinds and uh, broadcasting and things like that when uh, when I have a spare moment. And the thing that, that was crazy was um, Les had written all over my LinkedIn 
page, uh, you know, highly recommended blogging, highly recommended, uh, you know, broadcasting, highly recommended yeah. writing, things like that. And I got a call from somebody in um, – uh, in a related field, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't broadcasting, but it but it was using technology, and and he said he said to me, you know, I looked at your LinkedIn profile, and if Les Grobstein recommends you, I want you on my team. Oh, nice! Wow, that's great. <laughs> What's that, Allison? We're losing you a little bit there. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Les is still watching over me. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you so much for waiting. And for me, it was well worthwhile. And I think a lot of our listeners and texters appreciated the stories and the insight and to to know a different mentorship side of Les Grobstein as well. Thank you so much, Allison. Absolutely, Mark. Anytime. Take care. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. And I appreciate everybody who is listening right now. I'm Mark Grody. 312-644-6767 is the number. I'm going to be here until 5 a.m. this morning. It's a Grobber Memorial Show. It was uh, a year ago yesterday that uh, we lost less. And, yes, one of those jarring marking of time. It was a year ago? Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was a year ago, and um, we are doing the the memorial, the tribute show tonight. When we come back, we're gonna get some good stories from from Mark Carmen of CHGO. Mark goes way back with Grabber as well, and I believe I've heard the story before, but I can't get enough of it, and I don't always remember every detail. The Mark Carmen helped Les Grobstein move, I think, one time. <laughs> and, and I don't know that there really needs to be more to the story because you could kind of fill in, choose your own adventure with a premise like that, I would think. But we'll talk to Mark about that next. We'll also uh, take some of your calls later on. And then the boss will be on at 4 o'clock this morning. The, the, one of the people in this industry who made the smart decision of hiring Les Grobstein and uh, Mitch Rosen will join us at 4 o'clock. I'm Mark Rohde. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 